Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The information depicted in this podcast is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas, and I'm the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting-edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today, I am very excited to have a very special guest. We have Laura from Waking Herbs. Welcome to the show, Laura. Hi, Luca. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. So, Laura, did you want to maybe explain to my audience, you know, how did you become so fascinated with you know, ethno-botanical medicine and also shamanism? This is a long, long journey, but to, to put it as short and good as possible, it started with my husband about four years ago when we wanted to go on a motorbike through South America. I started from Colombia. I'm from Colombia. I am an ecologist. And with my husband, we decided to go all the way to Argentina, starting in Colombia. And in the south of Colombia, we had a, the first ceremony for my husband and the third ceremony for me. Yeah, it was very inspiring, the ceremony of ayahuasca. And uh, in my personal experience, I had this beginning of understanding that, yes, it's also science, the speaking with plants. I think some years ago, to talk about the plants speak to you, it will be like a waco. But... It's just true. People are taking that more serious. People are understanding that really plants talk to you. So that's what happened to me. The plants talk to me and literally 
told me about another type of ecology that is beyond the protection of nature because of the nature itself, but the protection of nature because of a spiritual relationship with it and a message that plants have for us. Mm. So I started being very curious about it. And that was really the beginning of a journey that maybe started when I decided to study ecology. And for my husband, it was very similar, but in a different perspective. He was more in the way that, because he's from Europe, so he had this feeling that he wanted to feel his family and his friends get in touch as he never had the opportunity when he was a child or when he grew with this Western mind, that we call. So his, his goal was more to bring the plants to his people. Mm. So it was a, it was a, that was the mix of, of the project. And we started our journey and we ended up in Ecuador. And actually we never left Ecuador. Now we have a family of five and a beautiful land and a reserve that we are now protecting and doing a lot of reforestation and our project with Waking Herbs, which is basically, to summarize it very short, was that message of the plants. For me, this is speaking with them if possible, and trying to open up for them and for my husband to bring them to his world. And we together have worked on this for the last... Waking Herbs started seven years ago, so the last seven years we have been working on this, and now our team has grown a lot. So we are a big team now behind this project. Yeah, it's a really it's a really beautiful, beautiful journey. And it's funny, Laura, because during my studies of my naturopathy degree, one of the subjects we did, we learned that shamanism was one of the very first forms of medicine. And you know, you just said before about how the plants can talk to you. So did you want to sort of uncover maybe like more around that topic of plants actually maybe teaching us and giving us their wisdom? Yes, I feel very strong in my heart and in real experience that so when I studied ecology from a scientific perspective, we are separated from the natural world. So we can decide, depending on the field we study, how close we go to the natural world, like resources that we use and damage and it doesn't matter, or resources that we want to protect, but still are resources for us. We are still the center of the whole world and we we are meant to, to use it. So some, some sciences will not care about the sustainability and some others will care, but still from the separation perspective. Mm. And when we realize that that is not that separation, I think entheogenic for that, but it's not the only way, also through meditation or through fasting or through just spiritual bliss. My mother has it with her church, for instance. It's also... It's also just a spiritual uh, feeling that you are not separated from what the creation is. And then there is tribes. They are the tribe of human tribe. Let's call us that. There is the tribes of the people of the fungi. There is the tribe of the plants. There is the tribe of the animals. And we are just beings, but we communicate with each other. So mm-hmm. when my dog is moving his tail, it's not because just he's so undeveloped and unevolved that the only way he has is that uh, moving of his tail. No, there is a whole communication between us. He's reading my chemistry. He's sending waves of um, vibrations through his moving of his tail. And there is much more that we feel all the time disconnected we miss. And then when we started connecting and not feeling so separated, 
can be through intelligence or through the experiences I mentioned before, then you start um, hearing the message. Some people really hear a voice. Hey, Lucas, you should go and do this. And that's amazing, but that's not the only way you hear it. You just feel this certainty inside of you of a message that you know it doesn't come from you, that is something sharing with you. And that happens with the plants. And for instance, through in my personal experience, uh, when I was four years old, and a spider talked to me. So there was this spider in the house, and I wanted to kill it. And I remember very clear, the spider said something like, why are you going to kill me? I said, ah, because uh, you are making uh, everything dusty and it looks like something like that in my own words. And she said, yeah, but this is my house also. It was very simple and I am 100% sure this message didn't come from me. It came from outside and I felt a bit ashamed to do that to the spider. That was my first connection I remember with the natural world in which I felt the I'm not separated as they are telling me I was. And with the plants specifically, during ayahuasca ceremony, she talks a lot to you through your inner, through your center, and basically tells you of things you feel you already know because we all have access to the same type of information. We all share the same um, information in our genes. We come from the same um elements of the earth and there is a lot of communication going on there we have access to that now i have a beautiful garden and the garden has me so because it's not that he's my garden we we like we owe each other and i do feel when i walk uh, oh this plant is not doing well and then i look and yes she's not doing well because something is on top and, and she start feeling those type of things and it goes really deep with the pregnancy I had. That it was in my garden, and these nine months I kept walking in my garden. I kept receiving messages from these flowers, for instance, on what to bait myself with. Because I collected flowers from the forest to make baths for myself, and there was plants that said, eh, no, this one should not go there in your bath. So then I didn't take it, which is the Chiriguayusa, the known by the indigenous as Chiriguayusa, which is Brunfelsia grandiflora. And then I asked the indigenous friend, um, should I use the flower for body? And she said, no, 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 because this gives you chills, will not be good for your pregnancy. But I didn't have that information. There was not a teacher who taught me that. I was just happy collecting all the flowers I like. And that flower, like the Chiriguayusa de Brunfelsia, I like a lot. Why not collect it? When I was going to collect it, she told me not to do it. And then Vigeno said, it's true, you should not bathe with that. So you start being very open to the plants. And that's, that's just very magic. And, and, but we all can do it. It's not, it's not a superpower or something. It's just that we are not separated from them. Yeah, that makes sense. And with the ayahuasca, the brew itself, obviously it's a very sacred uh, medicine and it's highly respected and needs to be administered very carefully for an individual. But I'd love to hear about some of the uses of this medicine and some of the things that you've seen with people, how it's changed their lives. Yeah, I am very careful because I don't promote the use of ayahuasca. For instance, this is like um, a sacred uh, medicine for some people, in, for the indigenous people and for many others more and more. 
there is a hype also about it and a lot of discussion. But I can take from my personal experience that the ayahuasca is a mix of plants and it's with both with different effects. For the indigenous traditions, it's used for everything. can be used for divination, for healing of physical sicknesses or healing of bad energies around you. And there is a lot of research done. I started with anthropologists first, thinking like, what is this? And more from the anthropologist perspective, like a sacrament and some weird tradition from indigenous. But then people with years and years of research, they have found out other uses beyond the ceremonial thing where you feel well and you have some hallucinations and shamans clean you. There is now very consistent you can just in Google Scholar, if you type ayahuasca, you find a lot of very serious articles that study different effects, especially on the brain and on the helping of healing different uh, psychological sicknesses or things like depression, Parkinson. There are many studies, especially Google Scholar, you will find many studies on Parkinson because it resets the brain. So that's what it does. And the main ingredient of the ayahuasca is the Ebanisteriopsis capi. And that contains four types of harmalinas, which before, some years ago, were called telepatinas because of the telepathy properties uh, they gave to people. And now they change it to another name that is called harmalas and harmalines. But this telepatina uh, name is very interesting because it tells you that something weird happened in the brain because it, it comes from a name that I can talk to you by, by our uh, telepathy. And yes, it happens. It happens also. So this is one of the plans that fascinated me the most from ecological, from anthropological perspective, but also from a spiritual, from my own spiritual path. It, it is like plant i i love the most i would say but i i, lo- I love all the plants but yeah it's it's, it's crazy magic mm. also when you use the body of this alone doesn't have any hallucinogenic effect and it is not forbidden in 98 percent of the countries just in the countries where harmalas are forbidden so it's a plant that is doesn't have hallucinogenic effects that in some countries or in some context i would not be um, comfortable to talk about. That's why we don't promote ayahuasca because it's not legal everywhere. But we we have been researching and experiencing a lot with this Panisteriopsis capi plant. And most of our reforestation program in the jungle has been done with the with, with this plant. So we have planted more than 10,000 Panisteriopsis capi that are also called ayahuasca vine, but it's one ingredient of the brew. And in terms of the way that the medicine is administered, is it only administered in a hot liquid beverage or is it can be used as a paste or how is it used? In the traditional settings, for instance, in the tribes of the Amazonas, but also religions like Santo Daime in Brazil use it. It is a brew, the thickness of it will change among the brewers, but basically it's a somehow thick, brown beverage with not such a nice taste like actually that really not nice taste if i think about it is it very bitter very strong bitter flavor or it's a 
two of many flavors. It has something sweet, acid, bitter, and woody in it. So it's really strong. But it's very important, those tastes, because your dung has all these tastes. It carries to different organs. For instance, when, they, when it's very bitter, it goes to the liver and it starts acting. So your own, own body knows about it. So when you already have had ceremonies, for instance, the first time is normal that it tastes sweet. It doesn't taste so bad. But if you are going to have ceremonies again, your body, before you drink it, you, I'm, I'm talking about it now, my whole body is feeling like, because your body recognizes very strong, all your organs recognize where it goes. It's actually a good carrier for other components of other plants. It's a little bit like the CBD, that the CBD carries very well to different organs because it has uh, the cannabinoids are in different organs of the body. So if you put like natural components in CBD, it will go to the organs you need, like liver, kidneys. Something very similar, similar happens with the Vanisteriopsis capi because it goes very fast, has all these tastes. It will carry other plants with it faster to the organs they need to go. But I think I deviated from the question, which was, yeah, the beverage will be like this brown thing with that flavor. And the portion will be like a shot, let's say. Wow, awesome. And um, there is other botanicals that, you know, I'd like to discuss with you, Laura. And that is, um, we jotted down a bobinsana. Bobinsana. Did you want to talk a little bit about this medicine? Yes, bobinsana, it's one one type of a jewel from the jungle. It is native from South America, but you can find it in other countries, but it's really, really native from here. And uh, the scientific name is Caliandrangus ifolia. It is very known in gardens in the tropical places because the flower is very pretty, like um, a lot of tiny, um, like, quartz, uh, pink and white. But it has been... For many years, but was not very known, the Peruvians have used it. The Peruvians from the Amazonas use it for diets, and they do diets on bovinsana, and people have, have not had the, the honor to do a diet with bovinsana. But I've talked with many people who have encountered the spirit of the bovinsana through diets, basically 7 to 21 days, drinking a lot of teas of the different parts of the plant. And the plants start talking to them. There is even books about it. And like those spoke the plants of Monica Gagliano. She has one type of that diet and explains that talk with the, this spirit. So this bovinsana, the people in Peru and some Amazonian tribes in Ecuador believe that is good for heart healing. Mm. And heart healing is when I am like a broken heart or depression, but also physical heart healing. So the two sides of the heart, like the physical and the spiritual, emotional part of it that they believe and uh, in other tribes like the Kichwa people believe that it's good for uh, rheumatism and arthritis that's what they say but if you're studying what the researchers have yeah, studied about that plant it seems that it has important anti-inflammatory components and that yes it has some effects on the heart and in the it's like a mood enhancer so we started experimenting with it alone for a um, yeah, for the heart and the well-being, and then for lucid dreaming. Hmm. And the more I started experimenting it, I had all this information in my head, 
more from the books and from the um, research. And we started selling Bovinsana and we started uh, experimenting making extracts of it and it was going very well, but I have not had contact with her. So in 2019, I had like difficult period and I had like two miscarriages and was feeling very sad. And yeah, because of the medicinal, I'm okay to deal with sadness in a way, like, like I can embrace it and don't be afraid of it. But from some medical procedures that were done not good to me with oxytocin and some chemicals that I didn't request and were not necessary and were shot like very high on me. I had a, um, after operation, let's call it, a, like a downturn too, 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 too low, which I knew in my head, I knew, okay, I know I can be sad and recognize the sadness, but this is really a chemical in my brain that is not, is not connecting because it was far the way the, the sadness I could understand from myself. It was really something because uh, the oxytocin level when my, my brain plus my hormones went crazy. So I could be clear enough with myself, like, okay, this is going really bad, but I didn't have tools to deal with it, although I understood it. It was like I was in the bottom of a tunnel and I could see the reality out there, but I could not grasp something to go up. But I knew the way, it's up there, family is there, my two sons are there, the sunlight is there. They are laughing, I could see, I could smile at them, but I am far, far. But I knew it was, yeah, the, the connections. So one day at five in the morning, I said, okay, I believe that the plants talk, so I will ask help from the plants because we live in the forest, very inside, so I could not go to a um, psychologist in the next block or something. And one of the first plants I went to, because I knew about this heartbroken effect, was the bovinsana. And the bovinsana told me to take 13 flowers for the 13 weeks I was pregnant. And I took 13 flowers and put it in the, in the brew I made, and I bathed it, and I drank it. And... Then I felt I had to go to talk with a, with a, with a tree, which is a copal tree. And I really feel this uh, message that I had to go in the lagoon at three in the morning. So I went in the lagoon at three in the morning next day. And I did a kind of um, procedure that it didn't come from something I read or something. It was really uh, started with the bovinsana, with the message. And my heart started feeling much better. That sadness uh, started like going through the body, not stuck in my head, and I, I could come back more fresh. It took me three days when I was already one, I was 12 days doing very bad, and it took me three days to recover. And it started with the Bovinsana. So it was really, it's really, and since then, I'm like completely fan of the Bovinsana. We are doing this extract, which is Banisteropsis capi with the Calandra angustifolia. And I'm experimenting with it um, in a very small dose every day. It doesn't have any psychoactive effect. It doesn't have any weird effect. You just feel really good. I That's my personal really take on it. And I really, really, really um, can feel it. It's just the plants need some time. Maybe if you take it the first time, it's like, okay, it's just 
a plant that when you take a tea, it's okay, but it's not that deep. But if you take it consciously and you meditate and you take one, two, three days, it starts going everywhere and, and, and you, you start being more sensitive to it. We are paying too much mind to it, of course. You, you, you really feel it. So that is my, my experience with that mix. And I, I feel it's amazing. We also have other mixes with Banisteriopsis capi. And each one has its own, its own cold. Boinsana is really hard cold. Yeah, it sounds like um, Bobinsana has a very special spot in your heart. You know, it's, yeah. It's almost like a, um, a medicine that you'll always remember as something there to nurture you, you know, during a really difficult period of your life. What I'd love to discuss as well, Laura, is um, Chuchu Huasi, because um, this one here I've personally researched many, many years ago when I was looking into some South American herbs and Chuchu Huasi popped up as like a male tonic or male aphrodisiac. So do you maybe do you want to talk a little bit more about um, Chuchu Huasi? Yes. In the jungle, they use it uh, as a tonic. So tonics are things that you, some medicines is something that you take for a small period of time and they heal something. But tonic is something you make and you will drink for long periods of time or you forever and it just heals everywhere in a way like it tonifies your system inside so chuchuasa is a tonic and it's believed to be a tonic for the um, it's most sold in Peru for a tonic of the reproductive system of the of the men aphrodisiac for men but actually because we are so close related we Women, we also even have a prostate that they call it different, but we are so close related because when we are babies in the womb, we are, our system is exactly the same. They just separate and one elongates and they go inside, but it's, it's very similar. So it's also very good for the, for the reproductive system of women. Hmm. And it's aphrodisiac because it is very good for circulation, like ginger. So it's actually, that's, that's the main reason for the aphrodisiac part of it. But the most interesting, well, not the aphrodisiac effect, of course, is very interesting, but another very interesting effect is the anti-inflammatory. So it helps the blood go much, much free in, the, in all the organs and has a very strong disinflammatory effect. That together with the copaiba oil are the two main anti-inflammatories of the, of the world. And you take it as tonic, it means you can make tea, but it's, it's a bag, but you, so you need to boil it for at least 30 minutes so the components go out. So we have been trying to do it more efficient, also to use less of the plant, also do it with leaves, not only with the bark. So we are making extracts of the plant. And those extracts are alone, the chuchuas are alone in the form of a special tincture we make or a carried by a Banisteriopsis capi because of what I told you that we have been experienced as the Banisteriopsis capi as a carrier of medicine as the, the could be like the for the for this mix. Yeah we have experimenting with the family members <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah the results are amazing for example Chuchubasa 
I've not taken myself, but I like I, I've taken, but not. I don't have a story, or I don't have like an issue I can explain arthritis or something that was cured. But I have my mom. She's seventy nine years old, and I have given her jujuwasa for her veins, and it's crazy. It's just I have all the all my aunts and people in my family circle like, oh, when are you gonna send jujuwasa? Because it's yeah, really, it's the whole. The whole system has a change. For my mom, has an effect in the wrist pain. They're gone. Wow. She had a lot of uh, on her knees, and those pains are gone. And for some family members, women family members, uh, for the reproductive system, really for um, endometriosis, and oh, yes. women have like uh, crazy cramps during the period. Mm. It's crazy because that's an inflammation and that creates pain. All pain comes from inflammation. So mm. when you take this topic, it's, it's, and the, the indigenous believe that and have been using it for centuries. Mm. It's interesting because that herb there, it sounds quite similar to Uncaria tomentosa or Uno de Gato, cat's claw, because cat's claw is also used, and we learned in our school as like an immuno modulator so helping with the immune system and possessing powerful anti-inflammatory effects so maybe did you want to talk a little bit more about yeah uncaria tomentosa or cat's claw yeah uncaria tomentosa or uña de gato or cat's claw it's related in effects to chuchuasa in what you just said in the anti-inflammatory effects is immunomodulator which means that if you have your immune system so high for, for example, to immune disease like lupus or something like that, or you have the immune system too low because of chemotherapy or, or yeah, so other type of, of, of treatments or sicknesses, uh, it helps the immune system to regulate. And that it's like, yeah, that's millennia. It, it goes, you know, with plants that it goes like in hypes. And in the 80s, the hype was with Encariatomentosa, and it came especially from Peru, and they were like, all the time advertisements on TV about it. And, but then somehow it goes away, like the hype of it. But she has always been there and it's the testimonies about her worldwide. And especially in South America, people use those plants much more. It's very common in every nature store of the town you can find Uncaria tomentosa. It's a very common remedy for the people in the city or in the towns in South America. You find that in Bogota, the capital of Colombia, you find that in the in a small town where they say in a drugstore. So mm-hmm. that's not so common in, in, in the States or in, in Europe, but it's really common here and people put their hands on fire for cure many diseases with it. You can mm-hmm. hear testimonies of cancer or recovery for chemotherapy or um, pain healer because the power of this inflammate what it's inflammated and that's a very nice plant because it's very easy to get it's very sustainable yeah so I, I like a lot because when we do our program of reforestation those plants that grow fast and go on the lower part of the plantation they help a lot to get rid of grass and to to be together, plants that grow higher. So it's a nice mix of like, I like chuchuasa. It's a slow-growing tree, so we 
have planted many, but in Caratomentos that goes very fast. So you can actually offer um, nice income opportunities for people when you mix those types of crops. So slow and dance and faster so people can. So in Caratomentos, I like that because it goes, grows fast. Yeah. You know, something else that just popped up for me there, Laura, is in relation to the actual harvesting and also storage component of a lot of these herbs maybe did you want to talk about how you know different timings and how you know various constituents from the actual plants are produced at certain ages when we you know produce this medicines yeah i like that topic a lot because then my ecology heart beats fast (laughs) i i think and I really say very with, with a nice pride that a reason why our project differentiates a lot is because we pay a lot of attention to this that you are mentioning. Like, basically, what are the plants need to be the best they can be? It's like a child. You don't put a child, I don't put my son in the, just in a, whatever school to go as uh, read of him or get as much knowledge as you can from without caring. No, we want to put him there, give him all the attention he needs for his um, needs or what he likes or what he drives with, checking on him. Yeah. So the same is like with a plant. You cannot put a more of something because it gives money. So because it's like it's labeled in the plants. So that's the problem in the Amazon is that there are economies that come from boom. So it's the boom of cacao or it's the boom of rubber or it's the boom of guajusa. So everybody crops. So you cut everything and you just plant one plant and that plant grows and you can take it. Yeah, it seems efficient, but it is very destructive and it doesn't give the plant what she needs. So you are not supporting a plant that then not going to support you the way you think. So you have food that is less nutritious and then you have medicine that is less effective. When we um, have this mix of products that grow at different stages, what I was mentioning before, and you plant them with their plant friends, which belong to the place, they are native from, from let's talk about now the jungle plants, many things happen. The plants are stronger the plants are happier and the plants have better components of the medicine we are or the yeah, components we are looking for that we need. So if you see, for instance, in our page, we have at least 400 different products, but from the jungle, there are at least 200 products. And those products are made from different plants that grow in different stages. So... Well, for instance, to explain you the reforestation thing we do with the communities and in our land, this medicinal plant. Some, some lands that we have worked with have been cow lands. So they have a lot of grass to get rid of the grass. It's very difficult if you want to plant trees. Trees take very long to grow. So how do you convince a community to plant if you harvest in five to ten years? So what we do is a mix of plants that grow very fast and plants that grow very slow, and they are all friends. So it's like faking is a, it's a technology with DNA in mind. It's a syntropic agriculture where you fake 
forest as fast as possible. So you plant um, things that go at the bottom of the soil, so enrich the soil, like cactus claw and others that push it, that grow fast and, and enrich the soil and kind of kill the grass. Uh, trees that grow very fast, which are called pioneers, what they do is that they give the idea of a forest because they grow and they make a canopy. Those are the guava tree, dragon's blood. Those are trees that in two years you have a tree that looks like a forest tree. And we have trees that are like chuchuwasa and some wood trees, very special, that they grow in maybe 20, 30 years. Mulungo, that's what you have for, for, for sleeping problems and depression. So what happens is that these trees are nurtured. The slow-growing trees are nurtured by the leaves of the fast-growing trees. So the soil is recovering, plus the abundance we make, but soil is recovering faster. And in one or two years, you have... a place that used to be a cow land. It was only flat for grass. In one year, you already have three strata of plants from which all you can take the leaves to make ash for the rapé, the cat's claw that is already there, and you can harvest the chacruna that just needs two years. The dragon's blood needs three years, and in five years already the Vanistri of Discapi, and in 10 years the chuchuas and the others. So... We believe it's very good system. We also have cacao in between and yeah, the taste of the fruits and the taste of the effects of also the ayahuasca is very different than when it's uh, planted in open lands. And mm. yeah. that into account is very important. So we believe that if we want to work for life, we need to work for diversity. And diversity is also not only one plant, but work with many of them. I think it's really, yeah, really, really important that you brought that up to illustrate the importance of, um, yeah, just the way that we harvest these plants and then the way that we extract them and the care that we give to them because the amount of attention that we give to them is the equal amount that they'll give us back and, you know, mm-hmm. treat us and help us with our own survival and vitality. I'd love to touch on Gaiusa tea um, as a Gaiusa, yeah, yes, as a energizing tea for you know most most of us. I'm drinking now some here. Nice. It, yeah, Gaiusa is also yeah. I get excited about Gaiusa as well. Look, I am a mother of three children. I have a baby now, and this project and a farm. We are building our house. So before coming to this meeting, I was like, okay, I'm so tired. I need, I, I, I need what I know. I know what I need. I don't need a coffee because if I want to talk and feel nice talking, coffee will make me really like anxious and nervous. Last time we talked, I drank a coffee before talking to you oh, because, really? of course, I was breastfeeding all day. And then I talked to you and I was like, shivering and I felt nervous and oh. so I said this time I know what I need I need a good good guajusa tea and five minutes before talking to you I put my guajusa tea we make a nice extract with it it's really, because the extracts we make we don't boil the, the plant we do it at 40 degrees in a vacuum um, in a vacuum machine so when you have the water vacuum the boiling 
what do you call it, the boiling temperature, the evaporation temperature is not 100 degrees, it could be 30 to 40 degrees. Wow. So it's like you're extracting, you are boiling it, like evaporating it at 40 degrees. So you have a raw extract and it goes very slow. So the tea I would like to show you, but then I will drop it in the computer, but it's a very green color. Um, yeah, it's very pure and it gives uh, a lot of energy. Quajusa ilex, which is the name of the plant, is the same family of the mate plant. Uh, Neba mate, is it? Neba mate, exactly. Yeah, it's the same family. They are cousins. And it's a more far cousin of the coca, the coca plant. So they are all in this line of giving energy. And what Guayusa has is that it gives a very clean energy. It doesn't boost you like uh, hyper. It boosts you like very clear and mild, and you can even have a nap with it. But you must feel energetic and, yeah, like clear mind and more light. How would you describe the taste profile of that tea? For instance, the leaves, what you will do is you boil it as, as strong as you want. The more you boil it, the stronger it gets, and the more leaves you put, well, the stronger it gets also. I, I have, similar to yerba mate and to coca in the way that it's a bit bitter, a bit green tea-ish taste, but it has something unique. The, the common brown is just is a little bit bitterness, green tea style. But the, um, the uniqueness of it comes from the, I call it jungle taste. <laughs> it really, really tastes like nature. It really tastes like... Um, when you are in a maloca and it tastes a bit like this wood and fire and the jungle around, it's, it's for me, it tastes like jungle. You sort of said, um, it's, is it somehow related to the coca leaf um, family? Is it, or is it a different family species? I know there are cousins. For instance, with German mate, they would be like sisters with the coca that are cousins. So I don't know how far they are. Now I, I, I think they are the same family, but I could be wrong. And I know they are causing that these are related in the effects and components. But, but what you say is very special is, for instance, coffee has caffeine and that gives you a boost. And mate has matein and the teta has tein and these kind of things. But, but the, what you has is that it has caffeine, tein, and teobroma. So it has the components from the cacao, which is a mood enhancer. So when you mix that in a, in a, because the cacao is, 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 it's good for mood enhancer, but it's, it could be heavy on you if you are already tired, and if you are already full after lunch. Uh, but the, the, the teobromine de guayusa, it boosts in a, that's why it's so light mood and energetic. Mm. It's really high now, the guayusa, I think, I don't know why it's not more popular because it's crazy. It's completely, Amazing, grows fast, is good for reforestation, is good for the soil. Also, I think so. The guayusa are very good for the soil in the jungle. Mm. There are some monocrops in, in that now are happening in Ecuador. I don't like that so much, but uh, but we do work with monocrops. Um, but yeah, it's very good. In our, in our land, we have um, a lot of guayusa, you can pick the, the leaves. Some people have the leaves fresh, and it, the effect is less mild, more mild. Uh, when you dry them, you can, yeah, they have a stronger taste. The extract, 
Yeah, I'd love to sort of learn a little bit more about um, a coca leaf tea. I mean, I've personally always wanted, I know when I visit you know, South America, which should hopefully be in the next couple of years, I would love to personally trial and, you know, taste and experiment with the, the coca leaf tea. I know, um, obviously, the main alkaloid that everyone knows about cocaine comes from that tea, but I'm sure there's some other benefits to the tea outside of just, you know, acting as a powerful stimulant. Yeah, coca is a very sad, has a very sad story because it's one plant that is very magic and sacred and has bad fame and reputation. So it's completely forbidden. We don't, we don't work with coca. You cannot send it or carry it in the plane. Even the leaf is completely, the, the leaf of the coca is to the cocaine as the grape is to the wine. completely far in the process so so it's really far far in the process i could have a um, whole pack of coca in a coca leaves in my back and that doesn't make any like uh, will not make any for the for the battle that the the government's looking for so but unfortunately because regulations want to be very standard it was completely forbidden, so you cannot carry it in airports and things like that. But in South America, in Ecuador, in Colombia, in, in Peru, at the local markets, uh, you can find coca leaves, and especially in Peru because of the altitude and Bolivia, they use it more, more traditional for them, and it's completely sacred plant for the Indian people. There are a lot of studies about it also, and... It's crazy. It has a lot of calcium, it has a lot of protein, and it has a lot of something else. But it gives energy. was one of the plants, most of the sacred plants from the indigenous when the Spanish people came and made the indigenous somehow started colonizing and the indigenous became like slaves. They forbidden all the sacred plants of them because they were from the evil and these kind of things. So coca, ayahuasca, everything was forbidden. But when they saw that the coca gave so much strength and so much energy to the indigenous actually they allowed them to use it again because it was good for the work. So, yeah, you can be in La Paz at 4,000 meters above sea level or in Cusco and you feel dizzy, you don't have enough oxygen, you have headache, and yeah, you just bite some coca or take some coca tea and it's, it's amazing. It immediately goes away, the headache and the... So it's, it's really, yeah, I, I love it. But you cannot even have a plant uh, planted. Uh, Justine, for instance, the indigenous of Peru or, or Bolivia can can have that plant. It's just sad because it's, it's very special. And what about, um, is it Sandra Di, Di Drago? Sorry. <laughs> Dragon blood, Sangre de Drago. Yes, yes. That is the name of the species is Croton Leclery, and that is a fast-growing tree. There are like two types. One is from Africa, and very big, and but it's different and has some how different properties. The one from South America is Croton Leclery. It's a super fast-growing tree. It's a pioneer tree. It's very good for healing the soil in the jungle. So the dragon's blood is one of the first trees we always plant in the different chakras. Chakras is mixed of plants in, in a family-based unit. Uh, it grows very fast and it's one of those that help the soil because leaves a lot of leaves on the ground. 
basically after three to four years you can also collect the blood you collect it from the bar and it's literally blood it's blood color blood texture you put it in your hand it also dries like blood it has super strong uh, properties for healing inside but that has to be taken carefully because uh, it also thickens the blood wow. it's so so much like blood so but for ulcers gastritis this that was always has to be prescribed by the naturalist uh, doctor it's very good it can heal crazy cases of gastritis but the uh, blood pressure needs to be checked so it, it is not for everybody for the outside, for the hair and the skin, it's amazing because it's like a natural wound healer. Here we make soaps and creams and just like okay, anecdotal um, experiences with it for everything. That's like my first eight kids is always dragon blood bottle for my kids and for myself. For my afterbirth, I always have a spray tonic of the dragon's blood. Yeah, for my, my wound healing of the afterbirth. And it's just crazy because it has the antiviral components, so it's really good for, for all kind of wounds. And, mm. and women believe that are very good for wrinkles, just that it stains a bit, so so you don't you will not put it uh, to the pillow, so it has some disadvantages for the wrinkles, but it's very good. And also for the gum healing, we have experimenting a lot with it. Mm. After uh, my personal experience, but with many friends, after my second baby, I had a um, gum problem. It's very common in some mothers, and I got cured with it. It's like uh, it helps restore the gums. So, so it's, it's, there are so many things that plants do that yeah, you just start experimenting, and they 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 would show you the way. But there is a lot of, of properties in that tree. Yeah, that's something that always really excited me a lot about medicinal herbs and medicinal plants is their applicability not only orally but then topically you know using them in other contexts you know healing wounds and things like that i really would love to dive into with our last topic diving into um microdosing various herbals and various plants because if you look in you know in the us you know silicon valley and some places where there's, you know, high-performing entrepreneurs and there's a lot of talk around microdosing and microdosing psychedelics and things like that. But, you know, let's let's get a discussion going around, you know, microdosing various botanicals. Yeah, what happens with microdosing is very interesting because it is like taking a little bit of what is hype now, the Silicon Valley about the mushrooms and stuff, taking a little bit, not having the whole the whole experience, but just a little bit every day or for certain days. It's similar to making a diet mm. or to making a fasting. Uh, you basically reset the body. If you take a crazy amount of, I don't know, whatever medicinal plant or homeopathic remedy or whatever you, you, you are treating yourself with, crazy amount today, I could or could not feel, may or may not feel effects. But that's it. Body takes it or not takes it. That's it. But when I take every day a little bit, the body starts recognizing it, and the organs start recognizing it because our body is super smart. We put something in our mouth. If I eat a candy today, I don't get fat from it. 
But if I eat candies every day for long periods of time together with a lot of uh, fried stuff, I will start gaining weight. So it's not the first candy I ate uh, three months ago. It's the how my body is resetting for the type of activity I'm doing, plus the candies I'm eating and the, the unbalance. The, let's say I'm gaining weight for, for unbalanced diets. But the same happens the other way around with good uh, things like medicinal things. So my body needs time to reset. Oh, she is taking this. Okay, maybe the first day it processes because it's tiny dose. It processes outside. But some cells that they have receptors for that component or the, the cells of the organ where it works, they're like, oh, this is something. Oh, that goes. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. This is something again. And then they they're very smart and they communicate and they start being more receptive to that component. And that's what I was saying with the bitter taste in the mouth. A medicine that is uh, bitter. The first time I drink that tonic, well, with a shot of that tonic, nothing different is going to happen with my body. But with every day taking it, uh, the whole body recognizes, oh, it's bitter. So the liver immediately gets like, oh. Well, it's a quality for me. So then when I drink it, like the, the organs send it where it has to go. Mm. Uh, or it's for the brain. So it's, it's, it starts, uh, so microdosing starts working the same way as tonic. It's, it's tonifying inside and giving the signal to your body that I'm, I'm giving this to you and take it. And also you know what are you taking it for? I want more energy. I want to feel more healthy. I want to lose weight. I want to, and your body also listens to that. So it's a whole ritual. Thing microdosing is unfolding magic in itself because of that. And with the, with the enteogens, the psychoactive is by giving the brain some resetting. So the, the things start connecting in different ways inside and you start seeing things. You don't change your personality, you who you are, you choose the pathways in your mechanism for thoughts. Start going like, ah, oh, I always do this this way because I'm very stubborn, but I can also do this this way and I'm still myself, but I feel better exploring. So it shouldn't be as scary because I'm going to change who I am. No, it's I'm enhancing who I am already and the options I have already in the, in the way my brain is. Um, construct so it just resets the pathways inside of the brain and the, the type of psychoactive but it resets also pathways in the in the organism yeah i think that's a really great way to describe how microdosing you know various herbs can work even i like how you mentioned the bitter even just having that bitter aspect immediately going to be triggering the liver you know even the taste profile what we learned at naturopathy school was like, you know, anything bitter on the tongue is going to help to stimulate digestion, improve liver bile, you know, function and things like that. So yeah, the whole concept of microdosing, you know, really fascinates me because there's a lot of nootropics that I personally use and there's even homeopathic remedies that I've used, which is pretty much, you know, microdosing or hormesis, which is again, a really, a really powerful form of medicine that is you know often without many side effects because you know we're not overloading the body with a toxic amount of the substance so Lauda, i'd love to um i want to give my listeners a chance to 
yeah, check out your website and some of your products. So did you want to let them know how they can learn more about some of the amazing herbs and botanicals you've spoken about today? Yeah, on our page is um, www. And we also have Instagram and we have Facebook and we are trying, especially this year, to be more connected with people. Like We are much more present in social media now. We were very busy with the planting and the taking care of the plants. So now we have a, a very nice um, way to combine everything and we are more present in social media and we are very happy with that because we get in touch more closer to customers and questions and we are not doctors, so we don't sell things for human consumption or advice on dosages. Or, but we have a big, big love for all of these plants we have been talking about here today and many more because we focus today in South American plants, which we have more in the website, but we have from all over the world. And yes, we are very active uh, in our Facebook page and Instagram, so you can, can, you can just look for us there. And yeah, yeah, it's amazing that you you help us out with that also. Of course, of course. I'll make sure to leave those links in the uh, video description down below for those listening in. And um, again, for those who want to learn more about some of these amazing botanicals, I'll hopefully have a few blog posts on my website or even, you know, share this on on my YouTube channel. But Laura, thank you so much for coming on the show. I knew this was going to be a great chat. Uh, thanks a lot. I'm, I'm really happy. I, I was very happy talking to you. I hope you come to visit South America also very soon. You're welcome here to, to come visit the project as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Laura. And um, I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you everyone for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.